stuff going on had some had a friend in from out of state that uh, I grew up with and used to live with college all of that and uh, so it was a lot of get-togethers I used to I thought I kept thinking boy you know I'm so tired maybe I should hold off until the weekend or something and then of course his event was this weekend so it wasn't like I was going to be able to do stuff with him on Saturday or whatever and then I was like I'll just go over after work because I had these guys at work that all wanted to get away early because it was hot, uh, or other reasons, and I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't blame them, but I just had a lot more energy this week for no reason, uh, and so I thought to myself, you know, I he and this guy, he and I used to, his name's Justin. We used to drive to Tulsa from Stillwater, you know, uh, you know, a college town. We go dancing. And uh, we 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 drive over for two hours of dancing, and then drive over two hours or an hour back or whatever. Yeah. And um, we did that on weeknights, and I was like, I got to do this for this guy. Those I are the best do nights it. to do it. So, yeah. So I went over on uh, Thursday. I went over again on Friday, and that time I took a friend of mine, Leslie. Who, hey, Leslie, by the way, uh, who has been listening to the show and everything, and uh, she's trying to catch up to. It'll be a while before she catches up to this one, so. It would be like a time warp. <clears throat> Hello, Leslie. How are you? She's a total sweetheart. She's awesome. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was just a lot of stuff to do. And then, you know, take, do it, doing dad stuff today and everything. I just I keep f- taking cat naps. Here's a five, seven-minute nap, one after the next, you know. Just a ton of little naps. Can't seem to stop. I did the same thing, but, too. Uh, I've done a yeah. ton of naps lately. I got, I got sick as fuck on like Thursday night, and then suffered through Friday, and then you had to calm my ass down Friday night, and then um, Saturday I like slept in and ended up missing my overtime at work, and then I started feeling okay around like four o'clock this afternoon, and I was like finally feeling like myself, and got my books read, and that was nice. It's been nice reading, just sitting down. I've taken a shitload of damn little breaks and. Made some very good hatch green chili enchiladas for dinner tonight. Those are yeah. amazingly good. I love when a meal is so hearty you don't know that it's vegetarian. Not that I made it on purpose to be vegetarian, mm-hmm. but a lot of people like to put chicken in their green chili uh, enchiladas. And yeah, that, that is, is good. That's like one of the quickest ways to piss me off. <laughs> since I was a kid, if you wanted to p- a guarantee piss me off, put chicken in my fucking green chili enchilada. Like it just it, it's not invited. And uh, but I mean. I've, it's it's not bad. It just pisses me off for some stupid reason. So as a kid, I don't know. Anyway, uh, good books. There's a lot of weird comic news that came out this week. Uh, the first thing I wanted to focus on was Palpatine's little 
ghost eminence, uh, what, what would you call it? Like, uh, superimposed, double exposed Holga shot on the new, on the new, uh, uh, Skywalker Star Wars poster. Yeah, I'm gonna still chalk that up to I don't give a shit. I think that that's, uh, that's the, yeah, I mean, okay, fine. It's the emperor. Well, the emperor died and, uh, I mean, honestly, we're we're getting we're we're setting ourselves up for a three don't minutes. get me started talking three, about three, this. Three minutes tops. I yeah, got you, this I is got my three thoughts. minute thing. I hate the new trilogy. I hate all of the characters. I hate that they're just killing off the old characters. I saw the teaser for the new movie. It's got Lando in it. Lando's one of my favorite characters, and I want to see him. They're going to kill him off, and I'm going to hate Star Wars forever, and that's going to be it. And I've loved Star Wars my entire life. But um, as uh, I blame the fans, I I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I don't just let's not go there. But uh, because <laughs> I do have things to say about that. But like what it really boils down to is, I feel like it's people. When you hear George Lucas say, "Well, I had plans and I had concepts," and I said, "Okay, I'm selling it to you. Here's what I would be doing if that's what you want to do," they're like, "No, we're going to do something different, completely different." And they went that way. And I think it sucks. Yep, Me, personally, I think it sucks. And um, 45 seconds. 45 seconds, it, it turns into, uh, I think that those same people who said, no, screw what George is doing, we want to do our own thing, are going, maybe George knows what he was talking about, and maybe we need to bring back other fan-favorite characters. Or maybe we just killed the main <laughs> shadow bad guy in the last movie for no good reason, so we have to bring somebody back. And also... Dark Horse Comics did it better when they had clone emperors in Star Wars Dark Empire. And that's my piece. Okay, now, moving on. Announced that Marvel Star Wars, the comic book series, is ending in November with number 75. I did not hear that. Damn. I'm excited because they're not going to stop that. There's no way they're going to stop doing Star Wars comics. What they're going to do is, because this was in between uh, New Hope and Empire... Is they're going to start doing yeah. comics in between Empire and Jedi. Fucking great. Awesome. I don't care. I'll sign, take it. I'll sign take me up. It. Sign me up. As, as long as everyone, the writing caliber is and the artwork is cal- to the same caliber is going on, fuck it. Let's keep doing it. I don't care. Um, if they would somehow bring back some of the good Dark Horse stuff and make it seem like it wasn't just all for naught. That would probably well, they're not going to bring back any Dark Horse stuff if it's a cross promotion. Because didn't Dark Horse have the license right yeah. before Marvel reacquired it? Yep, and everything. And was, I got to say, was those scary. were good books. They were great. Yeah, that was phenomenal. I loved seeing Princess Leia, you know, out there on a Venator class Star Destroyer, trying to find a guy that she blamed for the uh, destruction of Alderaan. I mean, that was it. Was just cool. It tied things together. But, uh, yeah, how many adventures can you fit in a three, three-and-a-half-year time span between A New Hope and uh, Empire? 75 issues. 75 issues worth. 75 issues. And uh, 28 of them on Shootorin. Yep. So, uh, or next, however many, I'm just I'm totally bullshitting on that. Next up, I want to grind out my favorite points of this, this week. Uh, new Ghost in the Shell, the human algorithm, been, has been announced. It's going to be released. I've loved everything that they've done of Ghost in the Shell since the beginning, including that weird one that they did that was highly graphic in, uh, what's the word, uh, digitally oriented from, the, I want to say it was like 2003, 
Um, God, I can't remember how, like, each one was really expensive. Uh, Twenty ninety nine line is returning in November, including oh with, hell yeah with a, with a new Punisher. Uh, Twenty ninety nine. Um, they announced Moon Knight. Moon Knight's going to be a TV show, which that could be fascinating if they do it right. But they better not f it up. Like uh, I, I liked Iron Fist, but at the same time, I I got to the point where I was like, this is taking forever to get anywhere. And Moon Knight could get more more messed up like that because uh, because there's so much like I don't know not mysticism like historical concept behind it right you know what I mean um, the we've talked about it before quite a few times the equation is there do six and then end it. Because six episodes? I, yeah, do six instead of like. Remember they they always do six. Oh yeah. Six issues, six issues that just make us like, oh fuck, I forgot why I love Moon Knight so much. And then after issue number seven comes out, and it's that's a total, right. It's a totally new group of dudes, and they, you know, they're 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 shiny, they're happy, they're they're working for Marvel, and then everything that just happened, uh, just goes down the crapper. Not that these guys did a bad job, but not nearly as good as the first six did. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, unless you have a really consistent theme thing going on, the uh, I gotta say, you know, I, we, as we have constantly commented, Bendis and Malieve as a team up, big time, awesome every time, and uh, their Moon Knight that was twelve issues in God, what was it, twenty twelve or something? Twenty, it gotta have been twenty eleven, maybe ten. Um, I'm gonna look it up. I want to find it just so anybody's interested in it, finding it. it. Was, I know I've talked about it a bunch in the past. That was awesome. It was a while ago because they had just finished the yeah. first. Did did, did did this precede or did it uh, come out after Scarlet first came out? Uh, it was. I think it coincided. It overlapped a little bit. Kind of a kind of a next generation Deep Space Nine season and a half's worth of overlap. You know what I mean? Good. Good point. While you're looking that up, Garth Ennis is writing uh, two new Punisher series, so that's going to be awesome. Oh, hell yeah. And God, I'm glad to hear this stuff because it just feels like that's something to look forward to. It's absolutely something to look forward to. Garth Ennis, I mean, like, how how could that be bad? He never failed us in Punisher. Garth Ennis is... Here, I got it. Hardcover. You can get the hardcover for Moon Knight by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex, Alex Maleev. That hardcover came out last year, 2018, in March. You can get hardcover volumes one and two. Those have been out as of 2011 and 2012. You can get the trade paperbacks also. And you can probably still get these in single issues. Good luck, though. Honestly, I would, I, would, if so, I, would, uh, I would totally go buy the hardcover. I'm sure it's an omnibus edition and uh, lose my single issues. I would not... I would not mind that. Speaking of omnibus edition or compendium that just recently came out, uh, the new saga uh, compendium came out. Came out on uh, on Wednesday, huh? Yeah, that might be the only way that I can catch up on that because I have a couple of the earliest trades. It's only fifty six dollars. It's not got, bad, but 50, that's a that's a that's a trip to my chiropractor right now. Yeah, but even then, like that's like fifty something issues, fifty plus issues. And mm-hmm. it's it's not a hardbound, but it's like the compendium, compendium that uh, you should get of The Walking Dead. You know, the first fifty, and then the next oh, yeah, fifty, right. and then yeah, just just keep up with those, and eventually you won't have to worry about finding the little rinky dink ones that only have six issues. Um, yep, they're at every vintage stock. <laughs> yep, every every used bookstore, 
in no chronological order. I've got because they were so overprinted. Completely. Yeah. I've only got a little no bit of this. Right. Yeah, anyway. But but even then, it's just uh, which what am I reading? Okay, this like uh, didn't I buy this already? Let me yeah you know what let's go uh, let me g- give me a give me a twenty five seconds on this. Do it. Does it doesn't it weird you out when you have something like that and you're like oh my gosh this is so good and then you can talk about it with a handful of other people but then it gets gigantically popular because of something I don't know a TV series or they do a movie and it's no longer remotely yours the Marvel universe everything like that you know I mean. Suddenly, because everybody's running around wearing a Superman shirt. Or a Deadpool But then shirt. when they get in there and it's like, no, we're going to fucking like Cyborg or something like that. If people are, I don't know if anybody's like so into Cyborg or something. But, and it's not yours anymore. The Inhumans. And then I kind of sit here and I'm like, you know, I'm glad all this inhuman stuff the last few years have been terrible. Because it still feels like something that I can appreciate for what it was. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, I don't know what. There's got to be an actual term for that. I got to figure out what that is. It, it makes me feel about like a girlfriend that I absolutely broke up with, and I wish the best for. And then I see her with someone else, and I'm like, "Wasn't that mine?" Oh, he's going out with Chet now. Wasn't that mine? Do I care? I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. Like, she's looking at me cross-eyed, and he's pretending to like me. Oh man. I don't know. That, that's what I. That's what I think. That's what I think in my head. It's like, okay, Deadpool used to be ours. Star Wars used to be ours. And then when I said earlier, like the fans ruined it. I think about. Punk I rock get music. that now. I'm glad you said that. The, the, Harley Quinn was ruined by Harley, was Harley Quinn. Ruined. Yep. Yeah, I remember. What was it like? A, a few years ago, I was in England, and uh, it wasn't even October. It was the middle of the summer. I'd been dying working on Alita Battle Angel down in Austin. Then I fly to England, take care of some family stuff, and it's the middle of the summer, and there's a girl dressed as Harley Quinn at a pub carrying around a flipping baseball bat. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? This was right when Suicide Squad hadn't even come out yet. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think about punk rock music when they, they look at the crowd and be like, I just want to devote this song that all my fans are pigs. <laughs> yeah. And, or, uh, yeah, Harley Quinn. i got to turn my fan on, dude. It's like 60 degrees. No, go crazy. It's, it's all right. right. It's killing me. I feel yeah. like my AC is grinding all the time. when, yeah. uh, But it's been nice and cool the last couple of days, yeah. and it rained this morning, and then it got humid. It's, it's, it's so weird, like... Uh, it, it I makes mean, the- Star Wars, when I was a kid, you were kind of a dweeb for liking Star Wars in 1986 or 1989 or something. And then you st- you'd read a book. And I just remember being in English class and doing a book report on Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire and knowing it felt like I was walking myself to a firing squad. But I was like, I'm fucking doing this book, man. And I got up there and I did it. And at the end of it, some dude who never talked to me, that was way more popular, leaned over and he's like, dude, where can I get, you said you got that at, ha- you got that at Hastings? I was like, yeah. He's like, Are, do, you, do they have any more? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I got yeah. it like six weeks ago. Go get it. Go check it out. Yeah, I don't but go it was back surprising to, to see because... if something I just bought was still there. <laughs> yeah.
Well, back then it was a weird, it was a realistic question, you know, like you didn't know. You didn't know about chase action figures. You didn't no. know about uh, rarities and you didn't know about low print runs nope. when you were a re- when you were a standard retail consumer, you know, just crazy. I agree. And now now we're aware of these terms. They're not industry terms anymore. No. And uh, I want to talk about you walking up uh, scared, but still did it. I was talking to my friend Jonathan the other day about this very same subject about fans running Star Wars, and he's like, "What's the what's the big problem?" I'm like, dude, back in the day, we had to choose between pussy and Star Wars. <laughs> like, if you want to break it down in 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 the crudest of sense, or to get beat up, or still and still like Star Wars, or to be ostracized and still like Star Wars, we still pick Star Wars. I I broke it, up with a friend. Because he hated Star Wars. Or he didn't yeah. hate it. He just, he was making fun of Luke Skywalker one day, and I was like, look, this is really important to me, and if you don't dig this, I understand it, but... Just it, leave it, it alone. also, I don't diss your stuff, Yeah. okay? Look, we're really tight, but if you're going to diss my stuff, you've got to look at all the times I haven't dissed your stuff, okay? You like... What was that show with the the Olsons? Full House. Yeah. I don't like it, but I don't give you a hard time about it. Which you okay? should have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're the one with the uh, with the uh, Full House character on your Netflix. No, that's because she's blonde and has huge tits. She is a gorgeous, very attractive woman. Yeah. And she, it comes right down to it. And, uh, and she used to be an ex-meth head. Uh, obviously right up my alley. What do you think usually is attracted to me? <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, not too much to report about uh, wrestling this week. Um, I gotta just say, John Moxley. Come well, on, no, there's a few things. Uh, first off, I'm all caught up on Ring of Honor and Impact right now. Not impressed. Im- Impact is oh, doing wow. its doing its best, and the quality has drastically dropped. Uh, Johnny's gone. Obviously, he's probably going to show up at. Maybe all out. Maybe just regular the regular show. Maybe just taking it easy because it's going to be John John Morrison, John Johnny Nitro, Johnny Blackcraft, uh, Johnny Lucha, Johnny Morrison. Like he's got a million names. He's going to end up being Johnny Lee. That's fine. Ty is still there, um, but Moxley's hurt. I remember reading about this uh, three, maybe four weeks ago that he might have a uh, elbow injury. Now, if you know anything about wrestling or being in a dirty environment like a locker room or a ring that's constantly getting bled upon and sweated upon mm-hmm. you run the re- the the uh, risk of staph infection and MRSA and when I heard that the elbow happened I'm like fuck I hope it's not staph and then yesterday or two days ago it's like no MRSA uh yeah that guy can't even leave his room like he can't even be in the room with his wife right now because MRSA's that bad oh, MRSA can kill you people don't understand that when I worked at the hospital, like, yeah, you, direct contact with MRSA. But you can get MRSA picking up a – you could be at the grocery store. You can have a slight little cut on your finger that you barely know about. Pick up a can and be like, no, I don't want this, and put it back. But someone with MRSA had touched that, and you're fucked. Wow. Wow. And you're fucked. And we're talking fever. Bendis, the reason why Bendis is so skinny right now isn't just because he went on a crazy diet. He went on a crazy diet after he got MRSA. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yep. wash your hands, kitties. 
It's MRSA. Make sure your kids yeah. wash their flipping hands. MRSA. But even then, like, you got to be careful. You can't wash your hands too much because then you're going to kill all the good stuff and the bad stuff. And then you're you're leaving yourself open to anything hurting you. It's just a, a slippery slope. But um, I, mean, I work in a shop that's a former furniture factory, and there's rust. There are scorpions. We had two scorpions mm-hmm. in there last week. Uh, if you want to make the cover image of Scorpion, I got a, a picture of the Scorpion. But uh, yeah. it sounds like you put into some serious work in another fashion. And then I'm not worried about it. But like when I get home, I'm taking my shoes off and I'm washing my hands immediately. I take my shoes off and I stick them out on the balcony so that they like bake out there. And there you have it. You know, just want them to dry up. But uh, you wash your hands when you come inside, and that's that. Yeah, it, it it happens, but even then, I'm. It sucks. He's not going to be part of. Uh, he's not going to be part of all out. But they had to probably ruin a surprise, because now all of a sudden, just as quick as it was announced that Mox is out, that Pac is going to be taking a spot against Kenny Omega. Great, awesome. It's still going to be great. And then you pointed out yesterday. Yeah, there's no replacing Moxley. Okay, we'll do our best to enjoy it. So well, best case scenario, he's able to come out and surprise like like the sequel I mean you had him come out and beat up Kenny in a, in the big surprise reveal right no, no dude with with Mercer he's not going anywhere well with, with Mercer he's, right. he's with Mercer he's not even going to be able to shake someone's hand uh, at, at a at a, a meet and greet he's got to be he's got to be quarantined with Mercer that's a big deal like if you're ever in a okay. hospital and you see like the biohazard sign around the, the the door. It's usually not because the guy's got like you know anthrax. It's usually MRSA. Anthrax. Yeah, it's 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 usually MRSA. So okay, uh, the the hope that Mox is gonna show up even just to make you know to titillate everyone that he's just there. Ninety nine point nine percent not gonna happen because of because of that's what MRSA is. Just one of those things that you can't even make a promo from your bedside, huh? I'll take it. It's fine. Pro- probably not, unless he's got his own little camera, because he, he's probably feeling fine. But yeah, it, it, it's it's just that it, it can take a turn from the worse. Uh, it can Mercer can kick your ass, and you're you know you're you're not talking to anyone for two weeks, and because you can't because all your energy's yeah. gone, or it's just kind of there. It's a weird fucking thing. And most people don't know what this is. Man, when I worked at the fucking hospital, one of the things that made me want to leave right off the bat, one of the only only times I've ever quit a job straight up, was when I had to go, and I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's got MRSA. Make sure you wear the proper attire. They teach you, like, to put the gown on, the mask, the gloves. And then I get back to my desk, and there's a handy-dandy uh, printout from my boss that hated my guts, by the way, of what MRSA was. And it was, and I'm like, great, I just, like... Why didn't you get? Yeah, why didn't you fucking tell me this beforehand? Like, I still would have gone and done my job, but I would have liked the 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 warning that was waiting for me after I (laughs) had been there. And and uh, anyway, I I, want to move on. Um, Sure. Yeah. Godspeed, John Moxley, man. You know, we all love you. We all need you. Good luck. I mean, get over it. Get healthy. Sorry, you don't get to see your awesome wife. And uh, that's not even me being a cad. Just love her. I know. Video. Love her. And people are hating on her, and she's she's got a good job waiting for her when she eventually decides to fucking Who's hating something. on her? Dude, everyone's hating on her on Twitter. She's not good at her job. 
And it, it's what? it's a it's a constant thing. It's like a weekly news thing about someone said this to Renee, or or she flubbed this line and someone pointed it out. Or it's it's a constant barrage where she it's it's damned if she does, damned if she doesn't, and they can all eat a dick. She'll be just fine in 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 AEW when it when it eventually happens because she's gonna stick by her man. Oh yeah, for real. Much and, love to both of them. Yeah, and much love the to both of them for real. And and that's not even and I'm not gonna make a trigger joke or anything like that. That is one of the best things about a good relationship. It's not whether or not a woman obeys her husband. No, she's sticking by her man. And I guarantee you he sticks by his woman. And it has nothing to do with anything the fact that they're devoted to each other. And if I was in her position, yeah, I would pro I would be waiting for them to piss me off enough to make a big of hubbub to me to jump ship as easily as possible to go to a place where I'm more than welcome. Where my yeah. where where my best friend is at, and you know that sort of the same reason why uh, Kenny Omega didn't go to WWE because all his best friends were in All Elite. Yeah, for real. No, no. Some things money can't buy, man. That's that. Absolutely. Now um, I'm looking forward to Pac with uh, Omega because that's actually going to be a really good wrestling match. Because I was actually kind of worried about Mox versus Omega in the first place because Mox, um, even when he was Ambrose. Uh, the guy's a brawler. Mm-hmm. The guy's a brawler. He's got a few good locks, a good counters, a few good counters, but he's not a he's not a wrestler the way Omega is. Now Pac is going to be able to put on a hell of a show as an actual wrestler rather than brawler with with Omega. That is going to be something great. I think we're. I think I think the fans are coming up on top on that one, and then it's going to be one of those things of providence. Sorry you got hurt. This could have been something good, but this even better thing happened, leaving you to do something even better in 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 challenge to do something better in the future. Now that you're better, you don't have mercy anymore, or whatever. You, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't have mercy. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The other thing is the they're announcing that NXT is moving to USA at the same time on Wednesdays as All Elite, and this is going to be the big thing because you can't Ooh. you can't conquer WWE. Okay, that's fine. Um, NXT as it is now, yeah, they've got a shot at completely destroying All Elite because uh, NXT is that good under the under the the watchful eye of Triple H. Once it's under yeah. the uh, once it's under the paranoid eye of Vince McMahon, when it's going up against a so-called competitor, they're gonna fuck up because they're desperate. And I'm worried about yeah. that because the guys in NXT don't deserve that. Like the NXT roster has been cherry since it started. I've never had one problem with NXT since it's ever happened. Even the people that get shit out of NXT go on and succeed. Blue Pants. Cool. Blue Pants. She's a librarian. Uh, uh, CJ <laughs> Parker. That's that's Juice Robinson. I, I, I can keep going. Even Drew McIntyre got shit out of NXT. And came, well, he he came back, but, but that, that's a whole different thing. Um, that is, that is a, a whole chronology of its own. Excited about Scarlet Witch. They they released the poster, announced Black uh, Panther two in twenty twenty two. I didn't see the Scarlet Witch. I, let me look that up. Yeah, it's a it's a killer teaser uh, poster, and you get to see um, the uh, Red Guardian played by the very nice gentleman from Stranger Things and Hellboy, uh, David Harbor. I just love the guy. Really? Yeah, he's. You're not talking about Wandavision, right? No, I'm not talking about one division. No, 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 no. Ooh. 
odd. I am not encountering this. But, uh, I believe you. I do like the, uh, I do like the Black Panther poster. Because you were talking, we were talking, I don't know if we mentioned this, uh, in conversation in the, in the show here. But, uh, we really speculating that it's Namor as the other king. It's two kings, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a trident visible. So, God, I mean, if it's... Namor the Submariner is one of my favorite characters. I can't really figure out what it is about him that's interesting to me, but it's like, you have a character that is that critical to the Marvel Universe that they've never been able to depict on screen because they didn't have the license for it, and it was a Fantastic Four character, so Fox had him. And then they waste... You know, movie after movie about uh, about uh, Doctor Doom, but uh, oh yeah, you sent me this picture. Look to her. Look, hmm. look to her left. Yeah, I'm seeing it. But why does she look like Scarlett Johansson? Because that's Scarlett Johansson. This is it's supposed. You to... were saying Scarlet Witch, dude. I thought you were talking about this. Is the Black Widow? That's I said. I get him crossed. I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm effort. Dude, I, I, I do it all the freaking time. I don't know why. Okay, yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, Black Widow, hella, gonna be awesome. That, oh, I wondered why the Red Guardian, and it was just not clicking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Red Guardian is a very low-key Marvel character. He's basically the Soviet Captain America. And uh, he ran the, uh, what was it, the Soviet Super Soldiers. In like 1990, there was a one-issue Soviet Super Soldiers book. And of course, he runs around, helps out as the, uh, the as uh, an Avenger a lot of times. No, um, I, I I dig it, and that's one yeah. of, that's one of my favorite things about uh, this week's history of the Marvel Universe number two was mm-hmm. how they touched a little bit upon Namor, but they, they they spice it like you have to understand. God, it like I hate to say it, you have to have more than uh, the bear's knowledge the average bears knowledge of the Marvel Universe to grasp the history of the Marvel Universe, uh, written by Mark Wade, Wade, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Javier Rodriguez, Pencils and Color. Uh, Beautiful. Alvaro Lopez Inker, VCs Joe Caramagna, Letterer. McNiven did an amazing Captain America on this cover. Probably one of my favorite caps. Let's, yeah, let's talk about the art. Big time. I'm so impressed with this. This is very, very, uh, it's not psychedelia, but it, this is just crafted, you know? Some of these bigger splash, I mean, you got frames on top of frames. It's a labor You've of got, love, that's for goddamn sure. Huh? It's a labor of love. Oh, that is yeah. for absolute certain. This this string of little Steve Rogers pieces that go from page to page to page mm-hmm. until finally he's Cap, making so him cool. more more important than all the other characters. Yeah, you see Namor in this big splash page, like in four different iterations, but you just keep seeing that little tiny bit of Steve from like almost the very mm-hmm. beginning, just walking all sad in his slacks, and you know then you see the uh, no. Yeah, you can't do this. No. 4F. 4F. Stamped 4F and then pow. Or maybe it was, it wasn't F4, it was 4F. It's 4F, yeah. it's 4F. Uh, and then uh, I love the 1, 2, 3, go from the Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, like, just the framing is 
amazing here. My favorite thing, actually, is Steve Rogers being on the bottom of the sea and the story being told within the lines of the depiction of his body. Mm -hmm. And then, like, integrating his hands in the color scheme for that briny, murky green water. As he's drowning and you see Baron, uh, Baron, uh, Mordo. Baron Zemo. Zemo, Zemo. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry, I've I've had, there's like four different Barons in this issue. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Dude, it's, this is incredible. It's not just. It's James Bond opening sequence quality stuff. It's perfect. Just, that's a that's a perfect metaphor, and and for all you MFers, MFers listening, it's not that Mark Wade sat down and read like the very first Marvel comic book in exhaustion and cherry picked. Um, mm. It might seem like that, but some if you read the uh, the annotations at the end, some of these things that he's talking about were written in two thousand seven, twenty fifteen, and true. and yeah. inserted backwards. And I want to know. Like I want to know an, an annotated annotation. Okay, so you, you're presenting this as Mark Wade. That I want to produce uh, present this as the actual history. And they're like, "Well, I want to see these higher ups." They're like, "Oh yeah, we forgot about that. Why would you want to integrate that?" Like, someone wrote that three years ago. Yeah. It sucked. No, no, no. I really liked it. I think it perfectly uh, matches in between here. Like for example, um, them bringing in that the Red Skull specifically targeted Parker's parents. I don't think I, I – authentically, I'm not sure that I knew that. I don't think like, I knew that either. I, like, it was that – like, I was going through the annotations. I didn't see, like, okay, that was written in, in 2009, and then they picked up on it just a little bit for the uh, Andrew Garfield movies, and then Wade saw it and then inserted this in uh, his history of Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, interesting enough – they mention it briefly, but this is what I'm saying, MFers. You can't just be a, a, a regular, regular jackoff for Marvel. Schmoo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm on the page where they're talking about founding Shield, a United mm-hmm. Nations affiliated group spurred the next incarnation of the Brothers of the Shield. If you don't understand what he's talking about, it was uh, the Shield were, that was founded by Leonardo da Vinci. And those comics came out in the late 2000s. Right. Yeah. Oh, like and they, in the last two or three years. Yeah, and and they they they've it was like it was it was like late two. God, I was at Speeding Bullet when I got those. So I want to say it was like two thousand eight to two thousand ten, and they came out really sporadically. I don't even remember getting the last like four of the like the last issue five of six of those because it came out so sporadically. But that's what they touch on right there, and I'm sure that there's probably a million other things I've missed here. Like I, I, I wish that I could sit down and talk to Wade about this. Oh man, let me let me just fill you in on one or two things. Like, okay, I'm trying to get the exact correct uh, um, appearance here. Oh man, there's so many freaking different things going on now. I mean, that's another thing. It's like this is another complaint, I guess. I, I'm not gonna say I I decry it, but uh, Groot. Yes. Uh, another character like all of those Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning iterations of the Guardians of the Galaxy that I was like, this is awesome and it's mine and no one really understands this. And then, boom, it's this amazing movie suddenly. The Groot, the page that reveals uh, Groot and he's climbing, he's using the frames, the frame of the panel he's in yes. 
as though they were buildings to climb out of it and stuff like that. That's from Where Monsters Dwell, which was one of my Holy Grail books. Like, I've got to find this. And because uh, it was the first appearance of Groot, and I ended up finding one copy in marginal condition and another one in better condition. And so I've got a couple of them, right? And then go right next door to Doctor Strange and then immediately next door to the Weapon Explo program. Hold on. Pause. Oh, my God. Pause. Yeah. Pause, Doctor Strange. The 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 little bit of uh, opinion inserted at first okay. dealing with minor magical menaces, he would soon be introduced to mysteries of the cosmos previously seen by mortal humans. As in, yeah, he dealt with all these rinky dinky assholes at first, and now we've really explored his his true capacity. Uh, yeah. Now, when it comes to Weapon X. Uh, this is the first time it stopped me in my tracks. I feel like an idiot. I thought I've read as much of Wolverine as I can. The next page says Andre Andre Thornton, better known as the mm-hmm. Professor. I always imagine the Professor, the you know, with Heinz, and and they, in, especially in Wolverine on uh, uh, Volume Two, Number Fifty, written by uh, well, just illustrated by Sylvester, where you first see Shiva and Andre, yeah. that name Andre, and then finally they. They pieced that name together for me, and it was like this this reverberation from my past. That's that motherfucker's name. And then I'm not too certain, but I don't remember the yellow and black uh, Weapon X. Um, oh, no, that's Proceeding, because that's Department H. That was, okay, because I thought it was the other way around, but I like that they organized it better. Yeah, they were part of Department... Yeah, for, they, for anybody who doesn't know what we're yeah. talking about, we're talking about the Canadian uh, super teams... And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, hey, well, you know, Wolverine is popular. That's the crazy thing about comic books is that mm-hmm. you've got a character that's suddenly just overnight success. Oh, yeah. Punisher, Spidey, Howard the Duck, uh, and, you know, Wolverine. And then it's like, okay, well, now I want to write a story. Now I want to write a story. Okay, I want to do an origin story. Well, we got an origin story. Well, I don't write, this one precedes that one. Okay, now here's... I've got these characters I want him to interact with and blah, blah, blah. And so then it's like, okay, well, how do we make it all fit together? And somehow or another, through all of this convolution, if that's even a word, uh-huh. uh, finds a way. And here it is, laid out for you, you know? Now I've got another gripe here. Uh-huh. All right, so you see the Mandarin and his uh, rings, and at the bottom it was in oh, uh, yes. Kong that the Marines, James Road and Frank Castle... Army Air Force pilot Ben Grimm, military yep. consultant Reed Richards, and many others who would later become key figures in history first fought in service of their country. Um, okay, so when did Fantastic Four first show up? 63. Okay. Wait, you, you asked that. I've got to verify it. I'm not going to throw it up. I'm, I'm, I'm that's, that's a slap I don't want to get for not doing it right, you know. I'm, lo- I'm looking it up right now. Now, my okay. pro- 1961. 61, okay. It was either 3 or 1. I think okay. Spidey was... Okay, so there, there it is right there. So if it happened mm-hmm. in 61, then how the hell was uh, a, a a regular-ass Ben Grimm and military consultant Reed Richards uh, aiding in any way the Korean or Vietnam War? Well, the Korean War was in the 50s. Vietnam... Right, but but Castle, it was, it's always been documented that Castle was in Vietnam. Yeah. Not not Korea. Okay, so there's a little gripe there. That's and All right, then, wait, let me let me look at that. Go ahead, carry on. Yeah, because in, me... in, in Punisher Max, it was in and then all the little bits I've read in old school uh nineties Punisher, it was Vietnam 
that that, well, that there's, was okay. In. Looking stylistically at what we're seeing, those guys trudging through the muck, and the rice paddy characters with the with the hats. That's, it's Kong, Cyan Kong. They didn't call the call, you know you've got the you've got the Chai Cons when you're talking about the communist Chinese. Okay, and you've got the you've got the Viet Cong. So if you're commenting on anything, not you personally, but if you're commenting on anything, you don't Kong the Koreans. Okay. It's the North Koreans, it's the South Koreans. The Kong aspect didn't come in until uh, Vietnam, as far as I understand. What if? And this character with the bandolier, all the pouches. Yeah. Uh, what did they? Uh, what, Wong uh, Chu. Wong Chu is the guy that uh, captures Tony Stark and forces him to. Try to build weapons, and of course he builds the Iron Man Mark One armor to get out of there. Okay, so this is an appropriation of an Asian war in general. Because World War Two was a war where you could say, yeah, we're fighting the Japanese and we're fighting the the, uh, the Germans or the Nazis, and you could not differentiate. Yeah, there might be great Japs, but we hate them anyways because we're Americans in 1940-whatever, you mm-hmm. know, 41 through 45 plus the 30s. There was a big antagonism because it was an alien culture. And so it wasn't a bigger a big deal then for people to specifically cite what they didn't like. But by the time of the 60s, I think there was a little bit more care put into what we were going to name. Obviously, we got a problem with this, but we definitely don't like the commies. But are we going to, you know, are you making... Madripoor is not a real place. No, but that's what they're, but we that's know what what they're hinting, that's what they're hinting at right here. That's what they're hinting at right here is that, that with that exactly. girl on the side. The girl on the, on the, on the left is that that uh-huh. is the, the they, they mentioned the hand. And yeah, so that's, that's our... So this is just an amalgamation of awesomeness. I'm thinking that he understands that there's some historical problems in lineage. And why not just... At the very least, okay, it's a bunch of Asian guys. It's all of these wars put together. Maybe I would, I you know, I that's definitely a question to ask him at a con. But uh, of course, it's also an editing concern because there's a certain degree of shame. Yeah, that don't we, forget that we there's definitely always going to be a certain degree of shame for looking back at the historical precedent set by what was an acceptable degree of racism yeah, but at the time agreed that doesn't persist any longer especially in this age do you remember the uh do you remember the uh the commercial for the movie Tora 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 I don't know if I remember the commercial. Of course, it came out way before I ever. I, I remember seeing before the. Before I was a. When did that? They they showed it to us in high school, and then uh-huh. the the video they showed us like had like the the screener, and it was like get the Jap and get out, like like that was oh, the, the wow. that was the propaganda. I, I'll never forget that. Get the Jap and get out. Like okay, <laughs> what year did what year did you see it that way? Oh, Tora Tora Tora! It was a I want to say a late sixties movie that came out in nineteen seventy. And so yes, it definitely a late sixties movie. Not to diss yeah. on that. Yeah, no, it, it was obviously made and it came out in the seventies. Uh, but um, I, I I was only bringing that up to alliterate what you're talking about the the sign of the times. They strayed away from this. 
and, and mm-hmm. Wade straight away from that in this when he could have easily done that. Which shows good writing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's careworn. And it's not pandering. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you think about it, if you've got... If you've got the... V- okay, so, you know what? Before I say this, I want to I wanna verify. Uh, because circumstances were going south in Vietnam for a very, very, very long time. 1955 through 1975, which isn't to discount anything that preceded it or followed it. Uh, the, the Vietnam conflict... But, um, you know, of course, we're going to say when, did, when Americans became involved, that's when it was relevant to us. Right. And so Korea was definitely a, a longstanding conflagration that persisted throughout the 50s. And Vietnam, American involvement is a whole different thing. So it makes total sense to me that Reed Richards would be involved in that time period. Perfect. As, uh, as a military consultant. And then and then you yeah. and then you get to see who is that in the plane? Is that Grimm? The it's got to be Grimm. Grimm yeah. It's got it's got to be him because he's in the Yancey Bell, right? Yancey Street. Absolutely. And then Castle's the one in the middle not wearing the helmet in the Blood River. Probably. Yep, probably. Um okay, we got to this is fascinating. Um, yeah, I just got to say, folks, you know, yeah, both of us really, really like this book. Uh, the first issue was fantastic. The second issue also proving to be wonderful. And the interior artwork is... To the time. Honest, unbelievable. To the it time. It is so appropriate. Yes. Yeah, it is, in a, it is a modern day... Like, I want to see everything that these guys do henceforth are they going to be this good there's nothing else that's this good out there except for uh, silver surfer black now now we talk about this in wrestling all the time why 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 is this happening the the handbook of the marvel universe has been coming out since the 80s but there's something oh, I, there's there's yeah. something special about this one why why are they doing this now? Is it because Disney Plus is happening and they're they're like cementing what it's going to be like for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Because if you turn the page of what we're looking at right now uh, from the Mandarin, uh, you see Kirby S. Drawings and you see a word, I have a, a name I have not seen in comic books or uttered since the first Thor movie, Donald Blake. Right, uh-huh. Well, that's legit. I mean, you understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. Even then, uh-huh. like, even then, the, like, the, the last time I remember hearing that was reading an uh, Incredible, I'm sorry, Incredible Hulk and Thor omnibus type thing I, I found, like, in third grade at the library that had, like, the first ten... Oh, you've seen it since then. Ten, well, no, hold on, it was in second grade. That, that's when I read that. So I want to say it was, like, second grade, just want to say, like, that was 1990. But... Uh, the one that sticks out when I hear Donald Blake is in The Return of the Incredible Hulk. Donald Blake shows up and fucks up Banner's uh, anti-gamma machine and unleashes the Hulk and Thor. Um, right. Well, you realize then that uh, after the Peter David's Ragnarok cycle and Asgard and the Hammer fall to Earth in Broxton, Oklahoma, preceding... In siege? Uh, uh, preceding Siege. Um, that the person who, because the enchantment that Odin put on so many characters existed, Don Blake was, was existing in the world apart from Thor because the enchantment ended way back in the, um, 
Uh, oh, God, what is... Oh, man, at the beginning of the Beta Ray Bill... This is why we do this. Yeah, Peter... Uh, Peter uh, no, no, damn, I can't think of the guy's name suddenly. It's killing me. Uh, oh, we'll get it. It'll come up. But It's that uh, Odin took the enchantment off of Thor and Dr. Blake to give it to Beta Ray Bill so that Beta Ray Bill could walk around amongst his people not appearing as a horror to them. Because the powers that were bestowed upon him to be able to defend his people in their flight from their destroyed homeworld had to transform him into a demon, basically. And while they were like, he is our protector, <coughs> they were scared of him. So Odin blessed him with that enchantment, and then it also made him attractive to Sif. But uh, then Thor was Thor 24-7 instead of being tied to Don Blake. Right. And so this persi- this goes on and on for years and years and years. So when the Thor fell to Earth, fell in Broxton, Oklahoma, Ragnarok took place, the enchantment was spread out across all Asgardians. So Don Blake knew from the news broadcasts that that's my hammer. And he went to Oklahoma and he lifted the hammer. Thor burst back into being. And then Thor took... Uh, residence in Asgard floating 100 feet above Oklahoma and he was like I have to find all the Asgardians so he wandered the world finding people who didn't realize that they were Asgardians in disguise and that was how the cycle began again because he found Volstagg and he found like I think Hogan and several other characters and then Asgard started to be repopulated again until the whole incidents in Siege. This is why we do this Mm Mm-hmm. That, thank you, without question. Yeah, without that's, question. That's my, uh, you're, that's you're, my uh, DVD you're, commentary. Your your fortitude in it. Second off, I didn't start reading, start becoming back into comic books until late 2007. Yeah. Like, uh, if anyone can carbon date this, um, the second week I came back in on a Wednesday, as opposed to last week was the first day I accidentally showed up, just got a hair up my ass to stop at Atomic Pop. The second Wednesday, I bought Gross. Deadpool number two, where he had just Gross. yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah where he had just uh, got the uh, how to destroy this the the super scroll or not the super scroll the mother scroll whatever the fuck it was that Nas uh, Norman Norman intercepted uh-huh. that that's that's the carbon date I can I can say that because it just came out and they were like oh no we only got zero issues Deadpool number one I'm like great I'll just buy a second printing and then yeah no no second printings are like like there's a uh, you remember that dude believe me yeah yeah it's it's uh the family guy joke and like why, why would you care if a, if a woman had slept with another guy before and like, let me let, let me put it this way son would you really go to the, the fridge and get a beer that you open yourself or go take a drink out of a beer that like ten other dudes put their dick into <laughs> no i mean my only real second printing issue was that uh you know i've said it before walking dead came out got the first issue thought this is cool i can't wait to read the second one second issue came out the next week it had an extraordinarily low print run i was working at a comic book store and i just thought i don't know if this is going to go anywhere but uh Somebody came in and they were like, oh, you guys are at Walking Dead? And I was like, yeah, we are. You know what? I've got one over here. You can have it. 
So I sold a Walking Dead number two for to a guy for cover price when it came out. Never got a second print. Never saw a second print. And when I I finally did get like a, a second print or a reprint or something like that, just so I had it in my collection. Because, you know, 30 issues later, I was like, this is really great. And I was making a big deal out of it every week. So when I sold my Walking Dead comics, a first print Walking Dead number two was the only one I did not have in there. But my second print still went for something because was it that's the walk- what it was. Was it the Walking Dead Weekly? Because that's the only time I can I never bought a one of those. Never one. Those are worth money, actually. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, I never understood why they didn't carry on with that. Walking Dead Weekly, what, did it stop at issue 53 or something like 53, that? 53, it was like three or four issues before they uh, first introduced Abraham, which is when, oh, I, yeah. this is when I first started getting into it, and then I sold all them shits. My mom was yeah, like, right. do you regret that? I'm like, no, I don't care. I'm just going to buy the compendium. I don't give a shit. <laughs> at this point, now that the whole series is over, I don't regret it at all. I feel totally fine about it. But like for a while, the last couple of years, I've been going... Man, I'm afraid to even try to catch up on this because I'm afraid I'm going to feel like an idiot for not having the whole thing and yeah, whatever. I did. I sold it when the market was appropriate for it. The, anyway. There's one thing that I regret lending to a friend was my entire set of Gotham City Sirens. And Abby still works at the other room, and I need you to go there and say, Hey, Josh wants his fucking Gotham City Sirens books back because those are worth a lot of fucking money. And they were awesome. I'd have to find someplace to crash down there to go down there and <laughs> even go there that late. Dude, the other thing you should regret is uh, lending anybody your uh, Spider Island because, goddamn, you're never getting that back. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, no, I mean, it's... That's one of those stories I never read, folks. I I lent uh, it to him. It's been like 10 years, and he still hasn't fucking read it. Shit. I've read some of it. Okay, sorry. Anyhow. Uh, Anyway, um, we've got some, like, (laughs) I'm going to shit We covered one book so far. Yeah, we've covered (laughs) one book so far, but that was important, though. Uh, I do want to shit on some books right now that I thought were fucking terrible, and I tried to give it another shot. Snot Girl, number 14, by Brian Lee O'Malley, and who gives a shit? Uh, this is, like, worse than watching Beverly Hills 90210 or Melrose Place. Um, really? What is going on in that book? Uh, she, I haven't picked up one issue. She gets boogers, and she's, like, a lesbian and not real lesbian, and, uh, there's some hot dudes, and, uh, she's a fashion blogger. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, it's it's a complete like if I was a, an environmentalist and I saw this book, I would I would be protesting <laughs> um, for wasting. Brian Lee O'Malley, paper. really? Yeah. For dude. folks for folks who aren't aware, Brian Lee O'Malley is the uh, the uh, Canadian who gave us Scott Pilgrim, and uh, and I thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah. But um, writing Snot Girl, I didn't realize that was his title. Uh, really like Teen Titans number 33. Uh, part of the Year, year, year of the Villain uh, Dark Gifts. Now, guys, uh, Year of the Villain is really getting split into a couple different things here. Now, let me fast forward here. Now, the first part of Year of the Villain is when Lex Luthor gains this godlike power and starts showing up to random bad guys and saying, Hey! You want a job? Which was Evil Unleashed, and then uh, into July is The Offer, which is leading into now August, Dark Gifts. Now, 
Teen Titans right now, Lobo is, it starts out with Lobo being presented the offer from the mystical Lex Luthor. And, hey, I want nothing to do, pass, hard pass, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah, but what about that daughter of yours who happens to be part of Teen Titans? And they they shift into Teen Titans, two, some D-listers show up and try to fuck some shit up because they've got some people that are helping with human trafficking because they've got to do human trafficking, right? And Robin shows up, and you got to know that Robin right now is actually uh, Damian Wayne. And Good. Damian Wayne, his the 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 teen the Teen Titan like lair. I keep forgetting the name of it. Uh, his buddies found out that in the basement he's got a dungeon. Wait, teen Titan Tower, right? Yeah, it's not Teen Titan Tower. No, it's uh, let me find it. He's got a secret dungeon there where instead of Tower of Titanic Teens, no. <laughs> I'm going to stop now. T- Titanus, <laughs> Titanus Towers of Teenage Totality. Um, Ooh, nice. The Technodrome. <laughs> no, he's got, a, he's got a fucking torture dungeon in the basement that the Titans found out about. And they're like, dude, what the Who fuck? Who does? Damien. Their landlord? <laughs> Damien. And they're like, what the fuck, man? He's like, oh, yeah, these guys, uh, we can't let them out. Like, my dad is failing. Like Arkham Asylum, awesome. <laughs> my dad That's is awesome. my dad is failing. He's got like Arkham Asylum has a rotating fucking door, not here. And <laughs> jeez, <laughs> and he's like, I've figured out a different way. And these D-listers they bust show up, uh, they kick their asses, and they're in chains in this in this dungeon of his. And his uh, semi girlfriend. Shows up. Uh, what's her name here? I've never encountered her before because I'm really. Who just... are the Teen Titans right now? Oh, that's a good question. You should look that up. Uh, uh, Mercy Hall. That's what it's called. Deep below Mercy Hall. And Mercy Hall. Yep. Huh? Okay. Basically, he gets his girlfriend, who's a semi genie, who is now I know her name. Hold on. She's like thousands of years old, but she's still a teenager. And I can tell you who the Teen Titans are now. Give me a second. She part vampire. Interview with the uh, no. thousand year old genie. Roundhouse, human wrecking ball, kid flash, fastest kid alive, crush, daughter of Lobo, who is oh my god! If this was a real person, I would marry her immediately. Uh, I don't have anything to do with Lobo under any circumstances. Period. Oh, I love Lobo. Uh, Dejin, four thousand year old. Jin, okay. Jin, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is isn't that an, an ancient name just for like the actual genie species? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the. Uh, I don't think that I don't I don't know literally the uh, 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 etymology of that word, but right. I'm going to say that that is an appropriation yeah. as an English English word. Gin is, I think, a much more. Uh, it's it's the name given by the people who developed the concept initially. Gotcha. Now, where he's complaining about his dad and Arkham having a rotating door, Jin, her job is to brainwash the criminals, and he reintegrates them into society. Uh, peppered, well, they've done the shit out of that plot. Peppered, peppered throughout this episode issue, you see a guy that, hey, don't I know you? And like, no, and... He's looking at his computer screen. Codename, Brother Blood, New Identity, Sebastian Brown, Status Green. You see this guy? He's just, like, hanging out at a uh, garden, a local co-op garden, helping people grow stuff. Codename, Gizmo, New Identity, Michael O'Neill, Status Green. And then at the bottom, the the, the D-listers they bust in this. Codenames, Mammoth and Shimmer, New Identities, Bobby Bobby Myers and Celine Myers, Status Yellow, because they just got... 
they just got mind wiped and that he's doing his best and that he can fix these people rather than Damien's uh, trying to do this is that what you're saying Damien rather than what Drake always wanted just finish him off uh Batman says no we can rebuild that then they always go in rotating door great but he's got a, a, a mystical genie that can change their brain waves. Okay, let's try it out. Fine, fuck it. It was a great issue. It was the artwork was great. Um, God, I forgot to. I got real into that fast, guys, and I always get on the calling about it, um, about the fucking artwork. The I could totally get behind reading that, dude. I mean, this has been a lot of fun. I had yeah. so much fun reading this issue, and let me find the credits because I'm a dummy. Got really, really fast into this because it gets straight into Lobo. You're the villain. Sorry, MFers. I feel like unprepared on this one. There's only so much preparation we can do with the idiotic amount of crap that there is to do in the world every day. Adam Glass, writer. Sean Chen, guest penciler. Norm Rapund, guest inker. Uh, Ivan Placencia, guest colorist. Rob Lee, letterer. Bernard Chang, Marcelo Maiello, cover artist, Naughty by Nature. That was the name of the issue. Hip hop hooray. But it's all about what Lobo's gonna do when he finds out his hot, goth, mohawked daughter might be able to be controlled. Alright, I gotta look up. Lobo daughter. Oh, you just, yeah, you like that. Oh, yeah, she looks like, uh,. Oh, yeah, you like her because she looks like Ruby Riot. Uh, you know I don't like Ruby Riot. You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Automatically, with that particular... What is the story behind Lobo? He's some kind of alien space wolf, right? Alien space wolf. I know a little bit about him because every time I got my hands at a DC comic, back in the day that wasn't Superman, it was barely had Lobo in it, and he was just... like It was like he was like the uh, alien pale... Wolverine with a motorcycle and a chain instead of claws. That's my entire bitch about it, is it's just a total rip-off character, as if I don't read a ton of rip-off characters. Right. But, I mean... Ugh. Yeah. Mm. I, I think if there's two things that we could do, it would be stop doing rip-off characters, and if Marvel could just stop doing plot lines that incorporate... An, uh, characters anal- analogous to I, think, I hope I'm utilizing this properly but analogous. Uh, analogous. using characters who are amalgams of the Justice League amalgamous. in an attempt to get their goat because it's it's done. You can stop now. Just walk away. What? Quit worrying about it. Quit, quit, quit doing super teams that are basically the Justice League getting defeated by the Avengers or the Young Avengers or Four Rush Man or whatever the hell, okay? What just stop it. What shouldn't stop is everything that's happening in Daredevil right now. Oh my god. When you uh, you spoke of a uh, guest penciler, uh yeah, the artwork in the new Daredevil number ten totally different than it has been and But matches the style. So this is just oh god, so good. I'm not going to say I didn't like the previous artwork. I just really like this, and I appreciate the change, and I appreciate seeing this this uh, dot uh, dot shading 
as as inking goes because that Stippling. is a classic thing we don't see in a long time. Yep. We haven't seen in a long time. But this, this is, is this is classic noir. I mean, like, the, yeah. it's classic noir. And but how do you do classic noir when uh, a bunch of shady cops just get executed in one fell swoop? Yeah, yeah. That's, Let's go through the through the credits then. That's you. That's yeah. all you, buddy. Yeah, we've got uh, Chip Zdarsky writing, still kicking ass on it. A guy who clearly cares, cares about what he's doing and has a plan. He's got a plan like Trisha Helfer in Battlestar Galactica. He's got a plan. Uh, and uh, high five to anybody who knows what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, Jorge Fornes as the artist. Uh, I Or George Fornes. Please, I don't want to butcher that. I just want everybody to know. It's Jorge. Uh, Really great. Jordi Belair is the color artist. Fantastic. Fantastic job. Uh, VCs. VCs Clayton Cowles is the letterer. Uh, Bring on the bad guys variant artist. (laughs) Check out. Jung Jun Yoon. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess Korean. Uh, And uh, Julian, Julian, sorry, Jesus. Julian Totino Tedesco is the cover artist. And this was really... This is awesome, the color cover artist, because it just had this almost. It just felt like it had kind of like a negative feel, but it's totally not because when you really go into it, you're like, no, it's all under lighting, and you're seeing all of the light built up around him, uh, because still with the crosses, uh, still with the crosses. Oh yeah, but the uh, the the light that I'm getting at, it's uh, diffusion because of mist or fog or smoke or something like or that. Or an absolute uh, hellfire he's about to jump into and it's going to hurt. It could be. He's making, uh, I'm not going to say poor life choices, but uh, whatever. No, he's uh, living his think- goddamn life without anyone telling him what's right or wrong. He's he's making the choices and making the hero's choices rather than Cap says this is a bad thing. I don't give a fuck what Cap says. This is my instinct says. This is what oh, my- Cap doesn't come down on him at no. all, though. This is my uh, idea of what is right and wrong. Yeah, we're in the afterglow phase. I should not be fucking this monster's wife, but I don't give a shit, and I know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I'll be out in a little bit. Uh, look at the Daredevil on page three. The logo, when you're actually looking at the uh, No Devils, Only God, Part 5, yeah. how discombobulating look at the word Daredevil is. The way you're I, right. I imagine his mind is right now, but he's figuring it out in his own terms. And I, I, Good point. That's, God, this is like, I've been in positions where, man, this was such everything I've ever wanted and I should not be doing this. And yeah, we're in a we're in a phase right now until she realizes she has no business doing it with me right now at all, and vice versa. Well, it'll be interesting. She's gonna figure out who he is, right? Ultimately, because he'll get back in the mask. It's just so it's so I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm gonna say self defeating mm-hmm. that we have him specifically deciding not to be Daredevil, and then. To be in the entire War of the Realms thing as Daredevil, and then deciding I've got to go back and be Daredevil, and then he's not Daredevil in the main mainline book, the flagship title of Daredevil. That is one of the reasons I wasn't super hot about War of the Realms, but, you know, that book had plenty of other interesting problems. Uh, the, uh, the radar sense 
oh. depiction. It's like when you, it's, oh, man, it's just, it's cool because it's like, let's go back and think about like Star Trek from 2009 and then the sequel and then when you see. Please, uh, please. The one with uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch sequel, um, Star Trek Beyond. And um, not, I'm sorry, it's not Beyond. It's a. Uh, God help me, I can't think right. of anything anymore. I'm thinking of your um, explanation about the noise in his the, head. The point that I'm making is that we just had somebody who had creative control over the visual style of the book, and now we've got somebody else doing it, and they're doing something different, and it is welcome and fascinating. So it's like when you're watching that Star Trek, and you've got one movie, and this is what it looks like when we go to warp. And then you've got a different, you've got a second movie, and this is what it looks like when we go to warp. And it's like... I'll take both of them because they're both kind of rad, you know, that, that looks cool. So this stylistically, the radar sense here is just super legit. Nobody ever came in and said, this is the only way that this can look. Right. And, uh, one of my favorite things that was almost a throwaway, it was just a small piece in, uh, in one of the books several issues ago where he was like, uh, since I had this accident, I don't have to be looking at somebody to get my radar sense. I sense 360 degrees in every direction with perfect clarity all the time. And nobody is really playing with that as though that's like, hey, I got a new gun. Or something, you know, I learned a new a new martial arts move that I'm going to use on these guys or whatever. Nobody ever does anything like that. So I, I, that's one thing. I'm going to say I like what's going on here, but I'd really like to see somebody play that like you don't realize that I can see behind me now. Pow! And kick somebody in the on, Wolfman Nards. On a, on a really base, I'm not trying to make a joke uh, way to understand this. When you see all the, the noise in his head, I think of, I think of immediately thought of uh, Ruiner, Nine Inch Nails, It Wants Me Dead. Like, <laughs> mm. uh, How does it go? It goes, it won't give up, it wants me dead, goddamn this noise inside my head. And that's what first popped up in my head. And then now that you're talking about like how to describe it to, under- to for people to understand what's going on here, when you're getting a, a, a brief insight of what he's having to deal with, when he's, he's let the floodgates open, that's what he did when he jumped off those stairs. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the last one, just to just hurt himself in some base way to like discombobulate himself. And then he's got, I, it was a stupid meme I said the other day. My teacher says you can't hear a picture and like, and I said, I told the bitch no, and then hands her a picture of Ric Flair. Yeah, you heard that photo. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, heard, right. you heard that. But then when you flip the switch here, this guy who's been after him the whole time, the, is he good guy? Is he, is he foe? Is he, is he fiend? Is he friend? Is he anti-enemy or whatever you want to put it? And then anti-hero. It, well, it, it, whatever you want to say. Uh, first off... <laughs> He exposes himself in front of his in front of that criminal. He like yeah. he expo- like that the the dude he's the PA for PO for saw him on uh, mask up uh, loud uh-huh. and clear, and then someone that was could have been on his side the the mobsters chick that runs the bookstore that he's fucking goes mm-hmm. home, places on fire. Her husband's there. I tried to save the books. I'm sorry, and she's like, it's not about the books. And it flips it flips the script there. Now she's back with her husband. And the, the Well, the I'm not rogue, so sure about that. That but. rogue that rogue super cop knows he's Daredevil and knows who kind of has a good idea who he is. 
Oh, he didn't. Yeah. He saw like Matt walked through in front of. Yeah. In front of Detective Cole, but there was no indication that they recognized that either it's, one was it's, there. It's gonna happen. It's gonna yes. happen. And he saw him and helped him kill a bunch of crooked cops and gives mm-hmm. him and gives him the way out. And now we know that this guy could be friend. Yeah. And yeah. This is a good way to depict this. The only complaint I had about this was Electra at the end. God damn it! We don't need no, it. No, no, I don't no, want it. no, no, but I don't want it. turn the page, turn the page and see the on sale September 11th, 2019. Spidey. Next issue, Spidey. We, what we do need, after Spidey threw down the gauntlet a few issues ago saying, you can't be Daredevil anymore, you killed. You're not allowed to be Daredevil anymore, oh. and if you are, we will all fight you. I want to see Spidey and Daredevil fight. Which means, a, if that happens, Rogue, rogue uh, not really Rogue Cop, like the only good cop on the force who's now a Rogue Cop, is going to have to be the one that saves them from the ba- from the good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fuck it, why not? Let's have some fun. Because Daredevil, I haven't, the last time I had this much fun with Daredevil, uh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some business go down with uh, any of these Daredevil... Uh, duplicates that are out there these these false daredevils false when you if if you don't know what we're talking about think of in uh, what was it dark knight yeah and there were those guys who were running around pretending to be batman in like hockey costumes with you know chinese knockoff batman cowls or something (laughs) and um you know whatever they got on amazon and uh or from a street vendor and uh, they weren't protected. And so you've got these guys out there who are pretending to be Daredevil. And if this wants to turn itself on its head, it would be incredible. And I know Peter Parker would never, never do this. But it would be incredible if some of the other heroes were running around being Daredevil. And he realized how important he was to everybody. But that's not a direction I think this is going to go, you know? No, no, not, not at all. Not at all. Like, it would kick ass for Spidey to be running around being Daredevil. And it would, like, you know, Iron Fist, nah, we don't Hawkeye, need uh, you know, any of them. Uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me in this particular issue is the development of the actual graphic design of the book. When I when I mentioned the discombobulating nature, and I said that, like, fourth time, yeah. sorry, uh, on the third page, but then the first page, the way it stands out perfectly matching the, the flames coming up, just that Stark Daredevil uh-huh. classic logo. Um, yeah, there's no outline. There's no backlight. No. There's no, there's no uh, multidimensionality. It's a flat plant and right it, on there, and so it, it's works. stark. You're right. And it mm-hmm. works. And that's one of my favorite things about the Powers of X and the House of X right now that's going on that Hickman's doing. We mentioned it mm-hmm. last time. Uh, I'm going to bring it up again simply because if you guys don't understand graphic design, uh, this is where it's at and why a graphic designer can make so much money with simplicity, good fonts, uh, placing certain lines in certain places. Hickman's a graphic designer. He's a writer. He didn't, he didn't draw any of this shit, but he graphically designed most of this like he did in Manhattan Projects. And I in Powers of X number three, written by Jonathan Hickman, R. B. Silva did the was the artist, uh, Marte Gracia, color artist, VCs Clayton Cowles. God bless those VC guys. Uh, Tom Muller design, 
uh, R.B. Silva and Marte Garcia cover artists. Now, the actual graphic design of this book is integral to understanding everything that's going on, whether or not you don't understand a, a pictograph or a weird hieroglyph that he designed himself. And in photos when Nimrod is speaking to his lesser beings and you see a slight change in the graphic design of the floating pictorial graphs of computer code that is going on that only they can see. Um, I'm not going to ruin too much about this one, guys, other than um, Krakoa is a living, breathing being in this one, like walking, talking, and he's not like at, like 80 feet tall. Um, mm-hmm. Also... We see Kurt Wagner betray his higher sensities. We see the... Doesn't matter. He's been dead for years. <laughs> we see the singularity inside of Zorn be exposed. Awesome. And I'll take that. we see a knockdown, drag out, punch out, fight to the fucking bloody death with a few Nimrods and Apocalypse on the side of good. And the whole time, okay. the whole time, they're... Remember what I talked about with Moira being trapped in a circle yep. of uh, her... I'm figuring out what they're doing with this now. Because now I've seen the Marvel previews of what's going to happen in November. And what they're setting up. And this is just a... Well, we need a... I, I, if I'm anticipating this correctly. From when they're going to kick off on Kenny Axman number one again and probably do a few more things that the in-between from some huge summer blockbuster to the norm until next summer they let they let someone who took a lot of care and comfort and knowledge and obsessiveness do the do the segue and like listen we don't understand what this is but it's pretty and it makes kind of sense and all the, the comic junkies that are in our bullpen are freaking out about it. Where are the powers that be? Fine. Just, it's going to be three months. We're, we'll be done until we get to Wolverine get his out of man and pull that again or something stupid like that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, this, it's, it's coming off as a segue that is going to be genius. And hopefully, hopefully it has re- repercussions that echo throughout the X universe for years to come and the characters that are being spawned from this storyline stay for a very long time and i'm I'm proud that's what i want i just want x stuff to be relevant and just not forgotten by next month you know i'm proud to read it It, i'm proud to read it the same way i felt proud when i was one of the first people to find this band Mm-hmm. Or that band. Um, I'm, I don't want to be Mr. Like, yeah, I was the one that found that. The way band. you love Third Eye Blind. <laughs> oh, dude, I kept trying to get you to like them, and then they got all big, and then you're like, fuck that. Dude, I went to see Third Eye Blind once. Uh, uh, what did your boyfriend uh, buy you to eat dude, on the way there? Dude, if you knew who I was with on that, yeah, it would blow your mind. But uh, that's a Facebook. That's a conversation for uh, later. Okay. Okay. Then I take I take the homo homophobic boyfriend because uh, I was making nineties reference, so I felt it was okay. Okay. In that case, Zang. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very shit. <laughs> uh, Zang. Dude, yeah, I've no, done. No, hey, yeah, that was. Uh, I'll I'll buy your I'll buy your nineties referencing for since we were also talking about appropriating. 
uh, pan-ethnic ambiguity when it came to, uh, <laughs> like, made-up Asian countries yeah. earlier. Star Trek, Carry on. Star Trek, you're five. Hit me with it. Oh, man. Hit, all right, all right. Hit me, baby, hit me. It's one of those things that does... That needs my absolute full attention. Okay, I had a moment with this book. Yeah, year five, number four. Read it twice, only understood, like, five of the things of the ten that was happening. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff happening here, because this is all built off of an episode from the original series. Uh, Bones left his communicator behind, and uh, they visited this plant, and they, the, 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 the aliens on this world built their entire society around a book that was left behind by a crashed starship hundreds of years ago, Chicago mobs of the 1920s. So they'd been living as Chicago mobsters in a made-up Chicago town forever. And then Bones, when they left, he accidentally left his communicator behind, and now they've come back, and they're going... Oh my god, they took our they took everything they could extrapolate from the reverse engineering of the communicator and uh, now they worship us and people name each other, name their kids after us and uh, we got all this trouble now. And so you've got this you the craziness of this issue is that you've got that plot line and then you've got recurring plot lines from previous issues where they have a, a cat, they have a tholian that they're trying to keep alive, and that's notoriously difficult because they're silicate-based life forms, so they're crystalline. And um, for the for those of you who don't know, and then there are people who are just full of fear about having a tholian on board. And Starfleet officers aren't supposed to feel like that. They're not supposed to be hateful of other species. But you know, Kirk hates Klingons, and so people are terrified and hateful of tholians because we can't understand them. So this is a theme. And what's more is that what's going on on the planet, they're trapped down there right now. Uh, Spock has had to become a candidate for president of this world. That wasn't something they put him up to. He was like, no, I'll do this because it will at the very least stop them for a while and then I can abdicate immediately. But he didn't share this information with Jim and Bone, so it's a problem. And uh, But he's dishing out all of this clever litany of like social commentary and what it comes down to is that you've got two different major pairings on this planet in this mess of voting cycle with with uh you think you think that our like senators and congressmen take too long on the state uh, like in 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 political office yeah they're these rock people stars. will only be in political office for uh you know four to six weeks or something and then there's another election so there's no everybody's expected to participate when you've got that you've got so much more voter turnout. But, um, yeah, so there's a there's a party that controls, the, the you know, basically the ruling faction that's like, yeah, we need to go to space because our forefathers, the away team from the previous time they were here, they went, they're from space, so we got to build a space station. we got to do all this stuff. we got to go out there and explore like they did. And then you've got this southern continent that's being, uh, that's not getting any of the resources that's not getting any of the attention, and they're like, we can't have, we can't have any of the things that we want to have if we don't have a social underclass. So they're literally, purposefully, 
keeping a downtrodden underclass that has less of a voting power. And that's very timely for what we're, what we're dealing with as a society right now. In fact, let me see... While I'm discussing this, will you see if you can come up with the exact moment where they uh, where they figured out? Like, I'd like to read the exact vernacular. In here. I've got it here. When they figured out what? I'm looking at when it. When they figured out, you know, you can't have this social underclass. You can't do it on purpose, at least. Uh, uh, are we talking about when, early on, when Kirk is speaking with the black dude about that he shouldn't be any part of it? Or when they realize that everyone's betraying the other. Oh, I got it, I got it, I'm sorry. You get down to the end, Spock wins in a landslide 84% victory, and then he abdicates immediately, and he says, I have these suggestions for you. Read these three books. Read these three books. Draft a resolution on the fair distribution of treasury monies for all citizens. Second, every Iotian, regardless of social standing, study these texts, and they are the Republic of Plato... The narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, and one is the teaching of Surak. And, uh, and establish a triumvirate council structure consisting of distinct political par- parties. I nominate this guy and that guy, and then all Iotians should collectively decide the third. The careful consideration of three differing points of view often leads to an approximation of fairness and truth. That is why... When people ask me what my book is about, I say triangles. Because everything you can you can have a table that stands on one leg, you still have to have a base for it to stand on. You can have a table that stands on two legs and then gonna stand up. Unless it's got a base. You gotta stand even a table with three legs, the three legs are all supporting the table. Even if you're talking about yeah. soccer. Okay, hit me with that one. What do you got about if, soccer? If you're playing soccer uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the field. It's it's a it's a constant amorphous game of chess of of a tr- mm. of a triangle, and at all times the ball must be coordinated in a triangle. Like whoever has the ball should have the ability to pass it to this guy to his right or this guy to his left at whatever angle. It has to be a triangle in order to 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 if some guy runs at you with the ball, you've got the choice if you've got the ball. To, to left or right to, yeah. to complete the triangle. And you pass the guy to your right, either you or another guy on the team has to fill in the other blank of the triangle. Okay. And uh, it's been since the second grade since I played these soccer. Yeah, so but, 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 but no, but, but it, it makes sense, perfect sense in, in regard to what you're saying there. Uh, okay. It, it, it's, it's a perfect system. And, and and those particular books, even though we haven't read the third one, none of those was like The Art of War or How to Kill Your Enemy or Mein Kampf. Yeah. Um, uh, we had to study that book in Alabama when I was a kid. That was part of um, uh, Black History Month. A lot of people don't know that about the South. Like Alabama, Tennessee, like the February, you have a whole new textbook. Really? Yes. That whole month, you have a whole new textbook. Yeah, you still got to do math and shit. But everything else, that's not peripheral to, like, the, the fundamentals. Uh, it's all that history book because that history book has to deal with history and social studies and literature and then math. I dig. Oh, I dig. Well, uh, it was it was I, great. I, uh, the... the uh... 
Okay, so what this got down to is that additionally there's a firefight going on while they're trying to rescue this uh, space station that's falling out of orbit. And so the uh, so Kirk and company have to get to a facility and try to launch a rescue mission and stuff. But what it, what it came down to for me was one frame in this. Bones leans over to uh, Kirk in the middle of all this craziness, and he's like... Let's see if I can come up with it. It's a little bit far back. <clears throat> nah, I don't see it. He basically says, Kirk, you know, this is the last, this is the end of the five year, it's the end of our five year mission. We've got one year left and everybody's feeling it. Everybody's feeling this is the end of this amazing thing. This is the first captain and the first ship that's probably going to make it home at the end of the five-year mission successfully. All of the other ones that went out got destroyed or lost or had to go home and get rebuilt or who the hell knows. Something bad happened to them. And so the five-year mission will be a success with the Enterprise. And that's part of its storied history. That goes. That's why you know, we have an Enterprise B, C, D, E, F, etc. And um, then at one point... Bones is saying to Kirk, you know, you're going to miss this, aren't you? He's like, we're in the middle of a firefight, Bones. What are you talking about? He's like, you're going to miss this. You're going to miss making these decisions. You're going to miss being in command, you know. You're going to miss it. I know you are because you've been down lately. Well, Dr. Carol Marcus, who had a son with Kirk that we see in Star Trek 2 and 3. Okay. Uh, that hot blonde recently, guy? Recently. Sorry? Yeah, he was totally hot. Uh, Merritt Buckrick played him. Uh, and uh, so if you watch Star Trek 2 and 3, you'll definitely see this character, this actor. And um, David's a little boy in this moment. And, and a, a, pre- a couple of issues ago, Kirk was on, you know, the viewer, or he's on the phone, or whatever you want to say. Uh, he was doing subspace communication with Dr. Marcus, and he's thinking, like, what's my future? What do I do next? Well, I should go be this boy's father. He's my kid, and she won't let it. He's like, no, you're going to go off and be an admiral and you're going to be too busy. You're going to go off and you're going to do this stuff and you're going to be too busy. One way or another, you're going to hate your life. You're going to hate what you're doing. And you're going to you're going to not be the right person. He's like, you're not going to let me have the opportunity to grow into that. You're never going to be that guy is what she says. And she pretty much cuts him off and ends transmission. So Kirk is at the beginning of the end of his five-year mission realizing the mortality of his life, which is really amazing because when you go into Star Trek 2 and it's his birthday and he's thinking about how old he feels because he's been an admiral for you, uh, five you years. You sent me that five days ago when you were reading it. Exactly. I sent this frame right here. Kirk is in the middle of this whole thing and they've just got their shit together. And he says, I can't wait to read your report, Scotty. When I'm out here, and he's talking to his buddies, you know, Bones and Spock are right there. When I'm out here, I feel exhilarated, vital, necessary. And when the adventure is over, I feel nothing but unrelenting guilt. Why does the minister keep his hand over his heart? Quoted from the Scarlet Letter, a missive about the ravages of guilt. Captain, I have found that guilt is without value, backed by only emptiness and regret. I offer no absolution, only clarity. Perhaps that is enough. That remains to be seen, old friend. But that preceding line about what it feels like to be out there doing this, that's what I feel like when I'm at work, when I'm working in a movie set. I feel 
alive. I feel needed. I feel respected. I feel... I feel like I can put every part of me into that job because I know it's going to be over and then I can focus wholeheartedly on the things that I've been missing for a week or a month or two months or however long it's been. And uh, that, that bit came at me out of nowhere and made me stop and think about it. And, I mean, that's... I just feel like so many books this week had something like that that made me stop and think. But this one was like... How I changed my I changed uh, I changed my Facebook cover photo to uh, a you know just like an iPhone shot of that that frame immediately. I didn't know what else to do to to make the point because I felt like this quantifies me in so many words. I feel and like yeah. When I feel it's like over, I feel poorly. I I feel like it took me like an hour to read this when I had to reread it twice and probably took twenty minutes, but it felt that long. And I, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember that feeling when I, I would finish an art show or a big DJ set, and every, yeah. I never want to be like, "Good job, good job, good job." Then I'd go home to an empty apartment. Yeah, sure. And and, and then, I, did I really have anything to show for it? it, it it's kind of fleeting. Things push forward, but he, yet here I am, and I can't shake this feeling. I've spent so many years coming away from a job wondering, okay, cool, it's great to have a couple of days off, my feet hurt, my body hurts, you know, I'm tired, I got the rest I needed, my clothes are clean, they're folded, they're put away, the gear's back where it's supposed to go, I could be ready to work again, you know, two or three days, I'd be ready to, ready to go back, or I could, you know, somebody could call me now, and I'm ready to hit it, but, uh, It's just fascinating looking at Kirk and wondering, you know, we know what he's going to do next. The five-year mission will be over, and he'll be promoted to Admiral, and he will ride a desk until Star Trek The Motion Picture. Unless they do another, like, you know, they could do other missions and stuff like that. There's no reason not to. And, uh... There are books that chronicle that time period, Flag Full of Stars and some other ones, novels, if you're interested. I could probably, you know, if you guys have questions about it, I could probably point you in the right direction to some books that are worth checking out. Uh, nothing a Google search can't figure out. But I don't know, it's just, I mean, this whole book and then that one frame was worth the uh, $3.99 for me. Just totally stopped me in my tracks and made me think. This 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 in in this many words quantifies how I feel about my career as a filmmaker, because I think a lot of us wonder when the next job is, when it's over, and uh, we're junkies for it. Completely. But yeah, completely. But at least it's completely junkies. Junkie for work. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but the you and I work so much and so hard. We deserve that shit. We deserve the goose pimples we get when we watch the Picard trailer. We deserve the pimples we got and, and, and the, the goosebumps we got from reading this issue or having to reread it four times. And we certainly deserve the chance to absolutely get completely emotional over the new issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Good segue. Good segue. That, you get the segue medal this week. <laughs> that, that one, I swear to God, it was like... Like... Thanks for buying Guardians of the Galaxy. 
by the way, uh, the entire time you're reading it, uh, issue number eight, Sarah McLaughlin is going to be singing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. It was quite emotional. That, like, the breakdown of Rocket and that, like, I thought he was being a shithead. And then, and then I felt the same way Gamora did, not Gamora, uh, Groot did, when he's like, you have oh, no, man. you have no choice in this. And he's like, no, you don't. Yes, I do. And like, no, I choose, I choose how I go out. And he's like, no. We're the ones that have to live with it. And mm-hmm. that made sense. But at the same time, though, Groot had no fucking clue. And neither did we. And, and like, when he, when he says, and I, I couldn't be soft again. Yeah, right. Like, so, like, do, give us a, give us a, like, a, a, give us a rundown of what happens in this issue. Okay, so, let's pull this up. Yeah. I mean, I've got it right here. You want me to hit it? I still got it on on a Spock wins. <laughs> oh yeah, number eight. Uh, I hated the cover. Everyone rushing it, rocket. Yeah, no. it's a metaphor. No, that's all you can say about it. Yeah, uh, faithless. Two of six. Donny Cates writing uh, Silver Surfer Black. Uh, anything to do with Thanos? The guy's a genius right now. Uh, he's writing fucking absolute carnage. Kick ass, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Corey Smith, artist. Uh, David Curiel, colorist. VCs, Corey Pettit, letterer. Mike Henderson and Dean White, cover artist. Sorry, guys, you did a good job. I just didn't... I'm not hating on your artwork. I'm just... I didn't like the placement of it. Um, we're getting a breakdown of Rocket that's dying. He's no longer... His body is no longer accepting the genetic um, materials, amplifications... Uh, what are some more adjectives when you fuck with something? Cybernetic, Cybernetic alterations. Additions. Uh, his, bo- yeah. his body is finally saying no. Like rejecting a, a lung when it was the wrong blood type. But I, I don't think that's the case. I, I don't think that's the case here. I mean, like, granted, I'm happy, happy to see his origin here. I mean, seeing him being born... Having been hurt without being able to, or he didn't have any say in the matter, you know. Even then, like, like you see his arm grow. I, I remember growing pains as a child, and imagine your arm growing that fast, or the fact that you know that these robots in no way bothered any sort of anesthesia or putting him to sleep. They're like, "Fuck it, let's just do it. Time to do it." Yeah, and. The fact that he mourns out of all of it, out of the, the big splash page where he says, the thing they turned me into had its perks. I ain't the sentimental type, really, but I had some good times. I was a sheriff, a ranger, found some really good friends around the way. I fought in a few cosmic wars, killed a bunch of badasses with some aggressively large weaponry. I was a yeah. guardian of the galaxy, and I had a family. But... People were good to me, and then, but the thing about being soft, when he realizes he's got that cough, and he just mm-hmm. and he just pieces out. But this is something important. I th- I, I think this is I think Kate's picked this, and it's probably coming from an actual place of actual reality of when someone yeah. someone did this to him because I've had that happen to me, and and I've certainly been sick, and then 
people found me and like, hey, you couldn't do this, and they 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 helped me get better, and like that I was being selfish. This was a, this was not something he just decided to do out of out of the goodness of his mind. This this I I think a lot of this happened to Kate's. And sure, put, putting it through Rocket alone. I mean, if it was, I mean, we, we've we've seen the the trials and tribulations through uh, every three four issues. I mean, like at first we were going through a uh, store load. Getting drunk, missing it, missing Gamora, uh, doesn't have his mm-hmm. team no more, and then we go to Gamora, and and then we go to Groot, missing Rocket, but then but then you see Rocket, but but there's that that uh, I I don't I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, like you you turn the page, he's like, I gotta get changed, and he's about to get into a fucking Gundam. <laughs> I know, I'm super excited about that. I kept thinking about it for a minute. I was like, it'd be really great if he. If uh, if he dealt with certain pro- like problems, like what what cool thing could he be doing that would get him back into the situation? I was like, well, if he had something that just he could ride instead, Dude, you know, he didn't have to be a pilot, but like how that robot suit is a complete appropriation of Gundam Endless Waltz. I have yeah. I have that figure. My buddy got it for me. The the the, the one with the wings. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, down to the little thing in the the middle of the chest, and l- the way the knees come up and out, the the blue and white, uh, and I can, I swear to God, I see wings that are probably about to pop out. You just don't see what the head is. It, it, yeah. Even the guns that go at the shoulders, um, Rocket's about to get into a fucking Gundam, and way too fucking sing Sarah McLaughlin to me, and then fucking all of a sudden just crank it real loud and surprise me with Master of Puppets, because it's gonna about to get really fucking heavy <laughs> really fucking quickly. Yeah. Yeah, like, not even kiss on the mouth. We're getting to the business. It was a good book with a whole lot of emotion in it, and it really worked. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't manipulative either, was it? it, it no, it was just bald-faced. This is the circumstances, guys. This is where I came from. I may never have told you before, but this is why I disappeared, you know? I just wanted to be like a cat that's 19 years old and disappear and go go let it happen, you know? I have to face this myself. No, you don't. You don't get to do that by yourself. No. But really and truly, I mean, it should have stopped on the Gundam page. Because then, unfortunately, we go into this business of explaining what's going on with the Universal Church of Truth, and I think we should have saved that. This whole book should have just been Rocket. But, uh, you know, and I see what's going on with Quasar and Darkhawk being stuck in tubes and their life force being drained into this giant army of Maguses, probably. It's probably a giant army of the Magus. Yeah, it has to be. That they're developing and... Yeah. Well, that makes sense, though. If the it, of course it that does. makes sense, though, if everything that's happening in Thanos right now has everything to do with the hinting of what's going on in the other Thanos book, uh, of of the Magus fucking with him while he's raising Gamora, as in the when he's chosen a new form, and the Magus has all these army of Adam Stranges. Um, why the fuck not? Let's have some fun. Seriously, I could I could totally dig. You know, I mean, I know that time travel is something you're a little bit bored of, but, like, I could totally see a cool cross-promotional uh, event, cross-title promotional event, where it's like, okay, yeah, this story is taking place back then, and everything that's happening there means something to this, 
if you really want people to pay for a book and then go like, oh my god, I'm not getting the full story, I gotta go back and I gotta check that out. Well, That's how you do it. It's the last page. The last page say, oh, by the way, check out Thanos and then check out, uh, oh god, go back to it. God, I can't scroll fast enough. Silver Surfer Black, yeah. Uh-huh. Which Silver Surfer Black has ties into Guardians, Thanos, and Carnage, Absolute Carnage and Venom. Not Absolute Carnage, yeah. It's Absolute Carnage. I, I, I'm like, don't Stop saying maximum carnage. In my head, it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's stop like, saying maximum. Stop carnage. saying stop maximum. It. Stop it. It's absolute carnage. And then I accidentally, then I accidentally say it right. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Now uh, I want to close today with something that was really cool because you and I have discussed um, our comic book that we're writing, and I just realized I'm not going to let anyone know anything I want to say right now except you. So I'm, I'm done. All right, we'll take it. We'll take it off the air. We'll take it off the air. Uh, at least you know it's one of those things where it's like, well, I don't know. At the very least, some of the stuff that's going on in this, that, and the other. Or I don't feel like we're we're ever stealing a concept or we're necessarily running off with anything. It's just no. This one is specific, and we need to get on it quick before someone else does. All right. Yeah. But that's, well, then, uh, that's what else you got. That's what we do. We're we're the minefields. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. I guess I were closing it out with that. We've you all take it easy this week. Yeah, we've got. Be careful. Don't forget, all out is Saturday night. Uh, NASCAR mm-hmm. is uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, OU plays Houston on Sunday afternoon as well. Uh, Nobody knows what that means. We're having a, a big all out party with the Colorado Springs Wrestling on uh, Saturday night and. Uh, you're actually going to be uh, bringing my fucking iPad and hooking that thing up for you to be on a webcam for that. <laughs> <laughs> for, for you to be on a webcam for that. And, um, yeah, we're, we're going to hook up with the Steel Reel guys soon afterwards to do the, uh, the Steel Reel and Minefields collaboration all out. Whatever podcast they started following me, it made me feel good because I've been a follower of them for a while. And, ah. Uh, Zinka and Jake, they're kick-ass dudes. They make the funniest jokes. Uh, Zinka, you're going to see why I like him a lot, because when I messaged him, I was like, hey, let's do this. You can do all the Alexa Bliss rim job jokes you want. He's like, awesome. (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah, the guy likes to eat some blonde ass, which is great. Fine. Who doesn't? Um, Anyway. He's going there. He's going there. He's going there. These guys are from New England, and I really dig that. Because have you ever met someone from, like... Uh, Vermont. I've never met anyone from Vermont. Uh, I, the only person I've ever met from Connecticut is Tom. And uh, I've met one family I grew up with back in England that was from Maine. And that's it. <laughs> I, I, oh, oh, I dated a girl from New Hampshire for a month once. New Hampshire? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she went back to New Hampshire. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> no, we've got a great week. We've, we 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 struggled through the week. We kicked some ass last week. Recording minefields really early. Uh, there's a new uh, podcaster in Colorado Springs. I want to meet these guys. Uh, they're the Escape Velocity podcast. I think uh, I'm looking forward to meeting these guys and talking to them. And um, there's a gr- bunch of good new local uh, indie wrestling shows coming up. And life is good. It is. It's, it is quite good. It's damn good. 
It took me too long to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that means you're... All right, dudes. Dudes. All you MFers out there. MFers. Subscribers and friends. Uh, listeners. Dudettes. People who are having this beam directly into their brains. Yeah, send us some email. Send us a message on Facebook. Snapchat something. I don't give a shit. Just get a hold of us. Let us know what you think. Are we in, are, are we in Snapchat? I don't even know what Snapchat is. Right, because if, if you started a minefield Snapchat, I was no part of that, and you're responsible for any of that. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. What have I got here? Is there, do, we have a, do we have a Minefields uh, Goodreads or a, a Minefields... Uh, man, I don't even know. It's whatever. Oh, no. No, we're, 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 on, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, every Apple and Google streamer that does podcasts, and then, of course, you can just go to the fucking website if you hate all that shit. <laughs> all right. Yeah! Noise. That's that's the dumb app I've got to play with. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks a lot. Over now.